probably did hate Mayo and we thought it was hate at the time because these guys are trying to take away our dreams The Football Pod live Thursday June 2nd in Castle Bar Check out otbsports.com forward slash events and get your tickets now well, here in Walsh Park, where Cork have beaten Waterford 222 to 119 in the Munster Championship. Paul, did you see that one coming? No, absolutely not. Um, I don't think anyone here thought that was going to be the narrative after the game. But uh, look, Cork were fully deserving of their win, six points as well. They, they got their matchups right in the backs, uh, got their two goals that they really needed to get. But you know, once Austin Leeson was sent off, Cork really turned the screw. And in fairness to the small crowd that travelled here for Cork, you know, they were full, they got they got a great match here and they got a great victory. One point in it at the break and we thought okay Waterford will have the breeze in the second half they'll probably kick on they never did why? Well I just think Cork probably targeted you know it's it, it, it's common enough the lads will say you know we're targeting the first 10 minutes in the first half or the second half but Cork if that was their intent they really did it and Waterford didn't get get to grips with them got a few nice scores really steadied the ship and you know they, they were threatening the whole time to push it out to two scores you know they got three points on the board Waterford bring it back to two but they really pushed on and pushed on and the introduction of Tim O'Mahony into the full forward line he was just making that ball stick in there and at that stage then Watford were a little bit on, on the back foot they were playing up the field a, a bit too high maybe Austin Leeson getting sent off and that was really the narrative after that Seamus Harnady Watford couldn't get to grips with five points from play absolutely enormous Conor Lehan five points three from play two from freeze so like if you, if you want to see where your scores are there and then Alan Connolly with the two goals which were absolutely enormous We'll get back to Connolly we'll get back to Harnady we'll get back to the sending off but first of all what about Cork's setup? there was some thought that maybe they'd drop a sweeper back or they'd try and stifle Waterford and then wait until the game opened up they were good when the game opened up but at no stage did they go defensive they actually went player for player and took Waterford on and Liam Cahill said it afterwards his team were bullied by Cork where did that intensity where did that physicality come from from Cork or was it always there and they just showed it today it's, it's hard to know it's something Cork have been criticised for lately is you know their backs do their backs know what they're doing and for me and I could be wrong but it just seemed like they went man for man in the backs I mean even the introduction of Damien Cahillan if Tim O'Mahony came on the, in, in the second half there that to me says that they probably actually went for a tactical change with Damien Cahillan yeah, just to clarify for people who don't know Tim O'Mahony had been named at wing back mm. he didn't start we were told it was because of an injury Damien Cahillan started then five minutes into the second half O'Mahony went on in place of Patrick Horgan in the forward line and then a couple of minutes later helped set up the goal. Yeah, exactly. So to me, maybe there wasn't a leg injury. Maybe it was Tim O'Mahony. They were, they were maybe going to introduce him later on and probably just throw the cats among the pigeons into the into the Waterford back line. And, you know, it seemed to work. But their matchups from the start, Damien Cahillan came on. He was on Stephen Bennett and, you know, stuck really tightly to him. I was looking at Niall O'Leary. He was on Austin Leeson and he was pulling and dragging. So to me, that was Kieran Kingston was saying, listen, lads, we're going to go man for man. If there's any doubt, grab your man. You stick to him. That's your job. So there'll be no confusion about who's spare who's dropping back whatever it's going to be and then of course once they did get the extra man Mark Coleman sat back and that was perfect really for Cork at that stage but I think they just went man for man in the backs and they were saying listen when we have the ball work the ball out but when you don't have the ball don't be afraid to put pressure on these water, this Waterford team high up the pitch which okay sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't but really it worked more often than not for them and then in the back line they had their matchups they knew their jobs and, and they did it really well Desi Hutchinson as well not on the score sheet so I think there's your indicators as to the matchups getting right for for Kieran Kingston and his men and Stephen Bennett taken off Stephen Bennett taken off Shane Bennett brought on for him but again something that maybe Stephen Bennett has been maybe criticised for over the last while is 
brilliant on the freeze but maybe this year he hasn't been getting enough from play so again you know we saw Patrick Horgan on the opposite side being taken off maybe again not getting enough from play and both managers making huge calls there so Stephen Bennett look at the time in fairness to him Liam Callan had to make calls he needed to get scores on the board he had Patrick Curran took over the freeze and, and, and got two scores so I think they were looking for a little bit more from play and in fairness the subs for Watford came on and uh, you know Montgomery got a score as well so look I think the, the the play from play was the real place they were looking for scores today. When I spoke to Liam Cahill after the game, an interview that you can check out through the Off the Ball social media channels, he he seemed really down for all the obvious reasons. But he also said players maybe have to look at this themselves. Players maybe have answers, questions to answer. He said too often they maybe look to the ref or look to the line when things were going wrong. And also he said that messages that they were putting in didn't seem to be landing. Now that's very honest out of Liam. Is that something you can get right in a week or how does that happen to a team like Waterford who people were talking about as one of the favourites for the All-Ireland? Yeah, it started this year and even through the league we were just saying that they probably had the strongest panel um, including Limerick uh, because they were just introducing these players that any 15 they started was a really strong 15 and they really seemed to know what they were about but if Liam Cal is saying that saying that they're giving instructions onto the pitch and you know they're not being followed through well that is a concern for Liam Cal because you know this is two defeats in a row now for Watford and that's not the preparation they wanted Liam Cal had said earlier in the week that this was probably the most important match in his tenure in Welsh Park so they did target it and they didn't take this match for granted so again Liam Cowell would be scratching his head there saying okay some players performed some players you know stood up but where were those other players and you know maybe asking questions about a bit of the mentality of a few players Austin Leeson now with two red cards this year you know he had a great match four great points from play but certainly Liam Cowell would be looking at these going okay it's one thing to be scoring a few points from play but where, where are you when, when we don't have the ball you know where are you when I'm telling you listen drop back or cover off if so if the instructions aren't being followed in the pitch Liam Cowell have to keep players on the pitch that are going to follow the instructions I was speaking to a former Waterford captain a little bit earlier on and the referee walked out past us and I said normally you could try and manufacture some anger at the referee from the Waterford point of view people might know I'm a Waterford man um, but I said we couldn't today like it, it was nothing to do with the referee Waterford just played badly Cork got on top of them and just implemented their game plan yeah you couldn't say anything about the referee today in fairness James Owens he had a good game and it was a tough game because it was very physical and there was a lot going off, uh, going on off the ball I saw John Keane and even getting on to Niall O'Leary for being up in Austin Leeson's face and pulling and dragging so there was a bit of that but it was on both sides you know and to be honest that's what we want it's a Munster Championship game we want a bit of aggression we want a bit of heart but there was there was nothing there that um, Waterford could feel hard done by a six point beating is a six point beating you actually spoke about this on the hurling pod during the week uh, with Will O'Callaghan and James Gehill cornerbacks annoying forwards that's exactly what Niall O'Leary did to Austin Gleeson judging from what you were saying you tug his jersey you get in his ear you stick with him you take a yellow if you have to but Niall O'Leary played it perfectly today didn't he? He did absolutely and any time I looked down the pitch and looked at Niall O'Leary from minute one he was just letting Austin Gleeson he was no he was there now like I said Austin Gleeson got four points from play but that's Austin Gleeson he's very much capable of that but Niall O'Leary was there and he was dogged and he was fighting and you know maybe just I suppose pushed Austin Gleeson that little bit much so he, he was he was getting yellow cards and, and you know he, he went to the sideline fairness Niall O'Leary he was dogged so yeah like we were saying earlier in the week on the pod that's what you have to do you have to ask questions and maybe get under their skin Two goals for Cork it was part of the difference in the end talk to me about the two of them the second one better than the first and that's saying something because the first 
both were scored by Alan Connolly was pretty special as well Yeah um, Robbie O'Flynn made a great break down the right side for uh, for the first goal took a shot Sean Ryan saved it really well but Alan Connolly at the left hand at left hand post uh, poaching as he was for the second goal in the right place buried it the second goal again I suppose was just uh, an insight into the Cork mindset at the time you know went in Tim O'Mahony won it straight away runners off the shoulder popped it to Harndy Harndy popped it into Kingston and you could see they were going for goal straight away Kingston lead it over and Alan Connolly in fairness to him cool head popped the ball past and or like once that goal went in you felt this is it for Cork that flick from Kingston was beautiful wasn't it he just kind of spooned it on the volley yeah yeah it was absolutely brilliant and it, like there's another man that they introduced into the game you know, Kingston came in just before half time got two points and set up a great goal for Connolly could have got the ball turned and went for goal himself but he didn't he was very clinical about popping across to Connolly made sure that the pass stuck so every part of that move each player deserves credit Harnley for the run Tim Amani for winning it and Kingston for popping it off but Connolly still had a bit of work to do just before I let you go, can Waterford turn it around against Clare next week in Ennis? As we speak, Clare are playing, um, so we don't know exactly what the situation will be. And can Cork do it again against Tip next week? Tip, who in a progression in the championship sense have nothing to play for, but they'll want to show a bit of pride they'll want to get a victory yeah this is it and and again as you say Clare and Limerick are going on at the moment um, but like Clare are putting it up to Limerick as we speak and, and Clare have had great results but Ennis is a very tough place to come and that's not just a token thing to say it's a very tough place to go so Watford can turn around absolutely they can will they is another question because they're going to go down there and they're going to play a Clare team that have their own agenda at the moment and are playing for their own but what do you do to turn it around from the Watford point of view do you have a big Barney in the dressing room they're still in the dressing room mm. there by the way do you go out for a few sociables tonight? What, what do you do? Wait till tomorrow night. What do you do from the Waterford point of view? Well, that's for Liam Cal to put his finger on the pulse and figure that out. Um, probably at this stage, I I wouldn't say it's a thing that you go for a few points because you're, you're only going to be playing. I never said points. I said sociables. <laughs> sociables, that's points. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, I think at this stage, it's really, you know, sometimes you have to crack the whip and sometimes you kind of have to let lads go. But I think really at this stage, it's a case of, right, lads, you either want to be, you know, pushing for Munster titles here and pushing for all Ireland titles. Or if you're, if, you know, if Cork are going to come into your backyard, we're not going to go up and Clare aren't going to turn over in Ennis so you'd want to be really I suppose putting the foot in the throat here and saying listen lads we need players who are going to perform and who are going to perform really well day to day and that's what we're about I'm actually not sure if they're still in the dressing room they were there for a while just before I let you go at your own county Kilkenny taking on Wexford next week that's going to be some battle isn't it yeah absolutely um, any matches we've played between Wexford Park or between Nolan Park there's just been uh, great atmospheres at them but you know after after Kilkenny beating Dublin last night in Parnell Park you can see where Kilkenny are going they're, they're pushing hard for Leinster final and that's where they want to be Wexford coming off the, the, the draw against Westmead which Westmead are full credit for in, the, in that game you know hard to know where Wexford are at at the moment but certainly attitude and aggression they could learn a lot from Cork here today and come up and put in a series battle against Kilkenny but I just think Kilkenny in Nolan Park you know in fairness I've known it over the years it is a bit of a fortress and I think Brian will be eager just to lay down a savage marker put Wexford to one side that won't be simple but put him to one side get the match over and done with and be going for a Leinster final Okay, Paul Murphy, former All-Ireland winner with Kilkenny. Thanks for joining us here at Walsh Park, where we've seen Waterford beaten by Cork in the Munster Championship 2022. Kieran Kingston, Cork manager, your team needed to come up with a performance today, and they certainly did that. Where did it come from? Well, I mean, look, I suppose, look, first of all, yeah, to answer your first question, we did, we did need to come up with a performance like that because we're back to the wall today. Um, 
we were fighting for our lives. Uh, a win today keeps us in the championship, and that's it really. Keeps doesn't do any more than that. Uh, a loss today, and season's over in, 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 in most respects with the game next Sunday to, to come, obviously. But now that we've won, I suppose we're back in the game. Uh, but look, it doesn't guarantee us anything. We're still propping up the table. We have two points, and we got to go to um, to Bray next week, uh, away from home again, and that's a really difficult place to go. You worked the ball incredibly well in the second half. What was the message to the guys going out? You led by a point going into that second half, but we're going to be against a very stiff breeze in the second half. Yeah, I mean, I think the key thing in, in, in the second half was using the ball intelligently uh, into the breeze against a serious team and try and retain possession as much as you can. You give away possession to a team the calibre of war from they're going to hurt you and punish you really bad. So we tried to retain possession as best we could, uh, walk it through the lines where, where possible and then where not possible, let it in. Uh, and uh, trying to get a balance between both. So I thought, but mostly I think the lads, their, their effort and their, their passion that showed today and the commitment to the cause and for Cork, I thought was exemplary. Was there many kind of impassioned speeches during the week, blood and thunder stuff, or was it all no, game no, stuff? No, no, we don't go down that road like, because that's, 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 that's um, short-term stuff, like emotion that lasts for a few minutes and then it's gone, you know. So um, no, we, we, we just focused on ourselves, as I said all along, um, training really well the last couple of weeks, but then again it went really well into the Clare game as well and it didn't, it didn't tran- transfer to the field, but today it did, so we're delighted with that. Is the difference that you put it together for 70 minutes and that you fought for every ball, there was questions about your physicality and work rate maybe coming into this game, but you answered those. Where, where, where did you find the solutions or was it just a case of the lads needed a few games and now it's come together? Yeah, I mean, look, it came together today. Yeah, they did. In fairness to them, they, 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 I suppose they, they were alive. They were fighting for their lives, really, fighting for our season and fighting for each other and I thought they did that really well. Um, and, but look, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, um, it's two points. It doesn't guarantee us anything more than we something to play for again next week, but that's all it is, you know. So we're we're happy with very happy obviously because it gives us another week lifeline, but that's that's where it's at. Tim O'Mahony came on in the second half, replacing Hoggy in the forward line. It's a move that really worked out well. Yeah, I mean Tim Tim can play anywhere. He's played a lot of his hurling up front, and uh, when we were needed to change it up a little bit, um, we were solid enough at the back at the backs at the time, and to have the versatility of a player, we can bring him on half back, and bring him on midfield, and bring him to forward. It's great to have a player like that. Seamus Harney named it full forward, but he drifted out when he needed to and scored five brilliant points from play. Yeah, Seamus was outstanding today, like and, and really led us when we needed it. And he's a brilliant player, great seven to cock, and he showed it again today. And finally. It- was man-on-man stuff like it wasn't like you dropped back a sweeper and frustrated Waterford it was just a good shootout that you won does that give you even more confidence do you take even more from it we, we manned up you, you, you give it. You give a, an extra a player to a team like Waterford in, down here they're going to they're going to run at you they're going to kill you they're going to kill you from inside or outside so we just we couldn't go down that road but um, we just said we'd man up and for good enough for good enough for that one that and finally next week against Tip it's Cork Tip old school isn't it yeah and that's, that's a huge one that's a huge game now for us um, going up to Tipperary any time is massive uh, but it, like, it gives us something to play for thanks Kieran. well done I, we didn't hurl together as a team. Um, we didn't commit to what we said we'd commit to before we came out. And, uh, you know, had the advantage there times where we kicked on by four points in one stage and threw at the first half and looked like we were we were going to go about our business properly and, and then just decided to down tools and let, let Cork back into the game. So um, we have a lot of work to do now to try and get our heads around this to go to Ennis in, in six, seven days' time and in seven days' time. And, and it's, it's, going to, it's going to take... It's going to take a lot of soul searching now and a lot of a lot of honesty to come out here over the next seven days, or we'll have a good long summer to think about it. I haven't spoken to him yet, but we'll we'll go back for for a, a bit of recovery now, and uh, you know I'm really interested to get their views now. You know, um, a lot of things that that happened today happened between the lines, and it takes you know all massive leaders to sort them out. You know, um, and we just seem to be we just seem to be 
not our communication levels around little aspects that messages that we're trying to get to players on the field didn't seem to be executed and our decisions were poor again you always hear me talking about that under pressure you know delaying the ball around with runs being made inside inside forwards not setting up for puck outs quickly um you know just looking in at a different team really versus the team that that i know is there did cork out work you today and if so why yeah cork did absolutely outworked us today and cork bullied us around the field today you know, that's something we committed to as well, that, that we wouldn't allow any team to bully us. But from the throw-in, we had players, you know, that were introduced to proper Munster Championship hurling. And uh, that's what was going to be here. And, uh, you know, when the, when the questions were really asked around the, the, the court and trust, the Championship hurling, we, we, we were more or less looking to the officials and out to the line rather than to what was going on between the lines. When you say Cork bullied you and you couldn't match it, that's not just them being stronger, is it? Is it something more? And can you explain that? Ah, uh, yeah, they dictated with their work rate. They outworked us. They outworked us all over the field, Oshin, like you know what I mean. And and when that happens, it's very hard to stem it. You know what I mean. And and um, you know, Cork were good today. Now, give Cork credit. They came here fighting for their lives. And you know, Cork are proud people and proud hurling people. I've always said that. And hats off to Kieran Kingston and his and, he, and his backroom team for getting them where they are today and the shape they arrived in in Welsh Park because this is a tough tough grounds to come to and we like making it that way but as tough as we made it today Cork were able to respond to it and, and, and more and uh, you know fair play to them You couldn't get your shooters into it Stephen got scores but mainly from freeze Desi I don't think scored why was that and how frustrating is it? Well it's 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 frustrating obviously um, you know they obviously didn't go out with the intentions of that happening <laughs> um, but it's again it's down to it massive energy work rate communication making right decisions getting your heads up it's, it's a whole array of, of, of a, a lot of aspects that we work at in training that too many of them are missing today and when that happens um, you know results like this happen and we dust ourselves off and go again Okay there's going to be another Dublin against Kildare Leinster football semi-final Kildare snuck past Westmead in the end but in the second game Paddy Andrews Dublin for, for a half at least, we were back to their brilliant best it looked like against Meath. Yeah, look, it, it was very impressive from Dublin again. They've kicked on from two weeks ago in Wexford Park. I mean, they 30 shots. They scored 28 of them, two wides, one for Brian Fenton, one for Cormac Costello. Um, really, really efficient. It was Dublin back to what we kind of associated with them over the last four or five years, and they were dominant. They were so ruthless. Shut down Meath all over the pitch and were really slick up front. That cohesion is back in their attack. Uh, I thought their half-back line was excellent today. James McCarthy, Brian Howard and John Small gave them the platform. For me, back to the drawing board now. I'm sure they're going to be frustrated after that defeat. Uh, but for Dublin, it's, it's onwards and upwards and it should be a great next to final. I was just chatting to Andy McEntee and he's struggling to put his finger on why exactly there was such a gulf between them in the first half. Is it simply because maybe we got our expectations up about Dublin last year not being at that level and last year was just simply well below the level that they can really get to? Yeah, well, look, there's always a lot of focus on Dublin, particularly when after last season and obviously getting relegated in the spring. And yeah. there's no two ways about it. Dublin were poor in the, in the spring. They were very porous defensively and they weren't clicking up front. They were missing players through injury and things like that. But Dublin had, there was question marks over them and there, and there still is. But in terms of what we've seen today, there are two championship games today. They've been so, so efficient up front. Conor Callaghan coming back, even though he was quiet today, gives Dublin a real focal point in attack. Kieran Kilkenny's back to his best, scoring five points from play today. Um, and they were, they're just their speed, their attacking game plan, and their physicality in defence, they really shut down the Mead forward line. So, positive for them, but for Mead, 
into the qualifiers now. Jordan Morris with a red card at the end as well. He's probably the most dangerous forward. He's going to be missing in that game as well, just a lack of discipline at the end. So a frustrating day for Andy McIntyre, me, no doubt. Dublin conceded only four points last week or two weeks ago against Wexford and that kind of to me was one of the more important statistics because mm. defensively that's where the questions were. Did you see a same a similar level of, of defensive prowess from Dublin today? Yeah, they'd be frustrated with the penalty at the end, <laughs> Michael Simons. Um because they would have wanted to keep a clean sheet. But Evan Comerford back in goal is a big plus. He gives that calmness to the defence. His kick outs were excellent as well. But Johnny Cooper coming on and getting another 20 minutes at the end of the game just to kind of steady the ship and just brings that calmness and organisation but it was impressive defensively from them they're going to get a bigger test obviously against against Kildare Jimmy Hyland Derek Irwin was excellent for Kildare today Daniel Flynn they'll ask question marks to that Dublin backline but today I thought John Small did brilliantly and Killian O'Sullivan he was Killian O'Sullivan substituted without scoring Michael Fitzsimons won his battle with Jordan Morris as well so and James McCarthy was back to his imperious best as well so it was it was good from Dublin today um, but they will they'll be tested a little bit more in two mm. weeks time how does James McCarthy still keep doing this there's been absolutely zero drop off from him unbelievable <laughs> unbelievable he was brilliant today he got up and kicked two scores as well um, that's like he, he came back late in the season and that's he's a lot of miles on the clock he, I think this is probably what his 12th or 13th season with Dublin so there was no real need for him to be playing in the spring just let him ease his way into the season and you're seeing the benefits of that now for, for Desi Farrell and, and, and for James himself he was brilliant today and he'll be to the fore for Dublin in two weeks time as well What about that Dublin bench is there still a concern about the depth? Um, well look nine Scully came on for, for 20 minutes today Johnny Cooper as well Paddy Small who was kind of Dublin need that depth coming in from their bench and Paddy Small was actually injured missed a lot of the National League as well so for those three guys to get back in I think they're guys they're going to be really pushing to start the next day Davy Byrne Robbie McDade around injured they're still to come back so Dublin they're in a strong position they didn't pick up any other knocks today so those three guys coming in off the bench today will be a positive and then hopefully Robbie McDade and Davy Byrne can give more options as well in a couple of weeks time I get the sense that you're not willing to, to put Dublin to the same category as Kerry just yet is, is that, is, am, I, am I summing you up wrong there it feels like you're holding back just a little bit on you, you want to see them against a better team I, I, I sense here yeah it's, it's hard to get a read on them look yeah. All we can go on is what we've seen from the season today, not just the last couple of weeks. And Kerry has been the standout team. They were dominant in the National League. They, they didn't set the world on fire against Cork in their game, but they did exactly what they needed to do. Um, they're still the team to catch, the team to beat. For Dublin, it's definitely improvements from what we've seen in the National League, but it is hard to get a read because they played a Division 4 team and then a really look a poor me team today. You'll start getting, I think you get a lot more answers in two weeks' time. Kildare will give, give a real, real test to that Dublin team. If they come through that with a performance like today, then you're definitely talking about them being right in the mix for all Ireland honours. But what we've seen today, solid defensively again, and that efficiency up front, 28 scores out of 30 shots. That's some of the best shooting we've seen in the championship today. So there's absolutely still a force, but overall, Kerry are probably rightly still favourites for the, for the overall. When it comes to this Leinster final then, I think everybody came here today expecting Kildare and Dublin to win quite handsomely. Kildare though, it was only three points in the end. Like, What, what, like, <laughs> what do you put that down to? Because it did seem that uh, a lot of the game they were they were in control, but not in control if that makes any sense. Like Westmead were always looking like they could, they could carve them open at any moment. Yeah, Kildare probably cruised through that game, to, to be fair. Like, but the question mark over Kildare and what they're going to have to look at, Glenn Ryan and his management team, they conceded 2.15 yeah. today. 
as good we know Kildare can score Derek Irwin I think 5 or 6 points today uh, Jimmy Hyland Daniel Flynn these guys are going to be able to score at the back they will need to tighten that up particularly you see Dublin kicking into gear Conor Callaghan coming back that was the question marks they only scored one point in the last quarter even though they were in control of the game they were always going to win it they were comfortable probably didn't really get out of third gear but they will definitely be looking to tighten up that defence because conceding 2-15 to a Westmead team that, that look they're a Division 3 team and I think that showed today um, but Kildare look it's a positive win for them they're back in the Leinster final and they have that bit of momentum behind it but there will be question marks over Kildare as well and definitely areas they'll be looking at uh, to improve in the Leinster final Are you worried at all as a double about what that full forward line for Kildare could expose the next day? Um, yeah of course that's like I say it's a step up again but there are the questions Dublin are going to have to answer mm. you know in the National League there's no two ways about it defensively they were, they were quite poor they know that themselves you can see they've clearly worked on it they've got their personnel back as well um, and it is going to be a test if they can tie it up if Mick Fitzsimons and Lee Gannon and Johnny Cooper and these guys can get a handle on that can there for forward line Dublin will win the Leinster final but that's the that's a key battleground in, in that game uh, and it's a big test but like I say, I thought their half-back line today for Dublin was excellent. It gave that protection to, to Mick Fitzsimons and the guys in the full-back line. So, look, I think it's going to be a fascinating game. It's a Leinster final everyone was hoping for. We got about 37, 38,000 in here today. It wasn't a great atmosphere around it, but I expect a big, big crowd in two weeks' time for that Leinster final. Should, look, I think it'll be a great game. A couple of words on the losers today, then. Mead, first of all. Like, it does seem it's rinse and repeat a little bit when they come here to play Dublin at the moment and then today I think probably exposes them as, as a team that maybe aren't, aren't actually going anywhere at the moment. It, 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 look, it seems to have stalled. There's no two ways about it. They put it up to Dublin, I suppose, in last year's semi-final. Um, they didn't get promoted out of Division 2. And to be honest, they didn't really look like getting promoted. There was a clear gulf with Derry, Galway and Ross Common in Division 2 to the rest. So they're kind of stagnation you're hoping that they get a big performance in the championship here today and they didn't get that at all second half look there was a bit of fight about them in the second half as you would have expected with an Andy McIntyre team but they're going to be right up against it in the qualifiers particularly I think the frustrating thing for them Jordan Morris their best forward really he's going to miss whoever it is. he's going to be suspended for that game in the qualifiers it, it's an uphill task for me it's, there's no real positives you can take out of that game and, that's the, the disappointing team for the meat supporters. And then Jack Cooney, the West Mead manager, was talking about how his players, or he expects them to call be around for the Talton Cup, and how he's excited for the Talton Cup, and it's something that he needs to build on. These, these are the sort of messages we want to be hearing, right? Do, do you think that that's going to be something that prevails throughout these next few weeks as this new Tier 2 competition gets up and running? Well, I hope so. Like It, it hasn't got off to, to a great start with basically GA changing the rules on it and, and dividing into north and south sections. I think it should be an open draw, but what you need you need the teams in it to take it seriously you don't want guys look down or obviously struggling lots of guys are leaving their panel they're not going to be a full strength but you want the teams that are competing in that to take it seriously and you'll see the benefits of it Marsmead will go into that they will be right in the mix to, to win that they'll be favourites along with I would say probably Cavan and Tipperary I would say the three top teams in that competition but what you're hoping for is that, that kind of communication from managers and players that they're ready for it, that they're excited to play it and that they want to play it and just hope that the GAA structure it right and it gets the promotion and it gets the time and the airtime it deserves because uh, it could be a brilliant competition for some of those teams. Um, and a team like Westmead, like say with Jack Cooney, that's a great message to hear. Like they're going to be right up for it uh, and they could go really far in that competition. Yeah, absolutely.
uh, the seagulls descending here uh, in Croke Park. <laughs> Not been a vintage day uh, at headquarters, but it has finished where it's going to be a, a Dublin versus Kildare Leinster final for the second running year. Paddy Andrews, great stuff. Thanks a million. Thanks a Jack Cooney, Westmead manager, is with me now. Uh, Jack, just first of all, how much did you think your team could have caused a last gasp, I guess something of a shock laid on there when you brought it back to three points? I would say, I would say there's probably two things. You know, when you reflect on the game, they scored 1-8 off turnovers in the first half. You know, if you, even if we had half that, um, and, and they really punished us, and they countered very, very hard, and they've, you know, they've massive legs and speed on the counter. And in the second half, while it felt as if the game was going away from us a little bit, we still probably missed three or four really good opportunities to kick points. Now, those three or four opportunities would have made a massive difference coming into injury time. You know? And I thought all the momentum was with us. I know Kildare would probably be disappointed they missed one or two chances, but I thought we had plenty of momentum coming into that injury time, four minutes injury time. I thought it might have been a little bit more, to be honest. Um, so I think the lads deserve huge credit. You know, the easy thing to do when you're five or six down is just say, right, let's, let's, let's just close out the game or whatever. But they showed great character and kept pushing and kept pushing and we were just one kick away from it. Um, and Ronan O'Toole was true for a good opportunity there with 10 or 15 minutes to go. We created a really good goal scoring opportunity in the first half as well that the keeper saved. Mark Donnell made a good save. So I get wasn't a three-point hammer and I can tell you. No. The interesting thing is that it kind of feels as if what you're talking about here is something that Westmead could really build on and learn from. Do you view it that way now going into the Talton Cup at all, that, that, that this is something you can build on? Ah, 100%. Yeah, 100% because um, we just need to refocus now. You know, we need to get together during the week in training and we just need to set out our, our, our targets and our goals again now for the Talton. Like the Talton final is here in Crow Park, so wouldn't it be brilliant to be back up here again and, and learn from this experience? But I think probably the key thing is just learning how to manage those certain plays when we're in good, in good positions on the pitch and not give away the ball. You know, just be a little bit more patient, a little bit more composed. And I think you can see Kildare showed that composure having spent a year in Division 1. Because mm. I was interested just to get your, your opinion on it because it does seem it's a bit of a divergent thing at the moment. pro Talzin Cup, anti Talzin Cup. For a team that are near, in the upper reaches of Division 3 pushing for promotion to Division 2, you'll be in the favourites category for this. So does that feed into your enthusiasm for this competition at all? I think what we're doing in Westmead is we're, we're, we have a lot of really good established players who have given years and years to Westmead. You know, they're stalwarts. And then we have another bunch of guys who are developing. And any opportunity we can give them to develop, you know, either in a training environment or on experiences like this, they'll be better for it. And Westmead will be better for it in the long run. Will all your players hang around? Will you have a full squad to choose from over the next few weeks as the Talton Cup starts up? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Every one of them boys in there are, very, are delighted to play for Westmead. And they're invested. I'm saying, I'm saying this for the last four years. They're invested in the future of Westmead. They want Westmead to do well. And then they know, have they, they, they know they have a role to play in that. So, and this is just another stepping stone in that. Mm. And um, it would be brilliant. Like We'll be putting all our effort into going after the Talton Cup. You know, and if we don't win it, we'll be disappointed. And, if, and, and we just need to see who we're going to get in the draw and really prepare very, very well and, and very thorough for that. Why do you think that there's been some caution from other camps then with regards to this competition? I think the GA just, and they just have to get behind it and they have to push it and they have to launch it and they have to put all the support in behind it. 
the one thing that we're afraid of in the GA is change, and this is change. But um, it could be a huge uh, launching pad for us, you know, bringing in a whole new generation of players. Um, so I think it's important that that they get behind it and that they support it and that it's it's very visible and it's just not shoved away in the corner. Mm. You, you said it's one thing the GA is afraid of is, is change. There was the opportunity this year for that change to come in and, and it didn't happen. Your, your provincial championship is now concluded. What's your view on, on the Leinster Championship and, and Westmead's place in, in, in provincial football? And, and I guess provincial football in an overall sense. I, I, look, I, I, I talked to the players about that. Um, the players would love to win a provincial title. There's huge value on that. There's massive value on winning a provincial title. It, it just depends how, what happens after that. What other opportunities are there after that? I think every county just has to put in the work and they have to raise the standards. Um, Dublin over the years and Kerry and all the top teams in Division 1, the standard has gone to such an unbelievably high level that um, you, have to, you have to rise to that. You have to put a plan in place, you have to put a strategy in place to develop players, develop resources, facilities and um, push towards those. You know, that's, that's, the, that's, the way, that's what I think, it has to be a long-term plan. No, no sort of moaning and, and, and kind of giving out about other things. It's kind of in your own control is what I'm, I'm getting here. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And look, at every, every player wants to play for their county. Uh, and then the work that they put in will determine what level they get to. So that would that, be my view on it. Jack, hard luck today. Good luck over the next few weeks. Thanks, Thanks a million. Thanks a million. Glenn, what's your initial take? Oh, well, we're, we're in the Leinster final and, and we're, we're very happy to, to be there. Um, we're not on the, on around the block long enough to be turning our nose over up at occasions that uh, allow you to get to a Leinster final. Um, are there areas of improvement? Absolutely, but we'll worry about that tomorrow night. We've we've uh, got to a Leinster final. And we're we're very happy to be to be there, and uh, we look forward to it. You got a rude awakening after twelve seconds, I think it was. I mean, it's yeah. Yeah. Uh, what was your take on that? As it was just, well, you just won the throw in and you yeah. the break. Yeah, I suppose if you're going to concede a goal, it's the best time to do one. Um, but you know, we can look at the videos and the whole lot, I suppose. But at the end of the day, you have to look at they took the goal chance very well. Um, so the opportunity was there to smell blood in the Wentford and, and, and took it brilliantly. So are there things we could have done better? I'd, I'd say possibly. Um, at the same time, it was it was a very well taken goal on their part. Can they recover well after that, Glenn? And mm. I think you had eight, eight different scores in the first half. Were you happy enough at half-time? Um, happy enough to a degree that we got ourselves back in the position that we did, considering the start. Um, but there was probably areas that we needed to, to improve upon. And um, whether we did or not in the second half, I suppose I have to look at the video to see if that was the case. But um, it, was, it was a performance that got, to us, got us to a Lenser final. It was... Uh, it, it was just about enough on the day, um, but hopefully there's a bit more in us. From an attacking sense, all, all six forwards again were on the score sheet within the opening 20 minutes, and like Ben McCormack, Jimmy Highlands, Derek Irwin, they all ran up good tallies as well. So were you, were you pleased with the, the clinical, clinical energy, efficiency, the shooting as well? Um, well, that's that's their job. That's what we pick forwards to score, we pick defenders to defend, we pick runners to run. Um, so when these fellas are picked to do those jobs, that's that's expected of them. Um, but you know they deserve great credit in, in a stage like that. 
to be able to perform those skills um, and, and kick some good scores is, is a great testament to them. Like, in fairness, the, the forwards have put up big tallies the last, the last few rounds of the league, again against Loud. So that's working quite well. Is, is the defensive side more of an issue concern at the moment, given what you're conceding, or what's your take on that? Well, once we score more than the opposition, we'll, we'll take that. So, uh, yeah. And if that, if that gets us over the line, so be it. But, you know, defensively, it starts at, at 15 and, and works its way back. So uh, we'd be happy with the, the, the effort and the application to, to trying to work hard and, and trying to, to do what they can from a defensive perspective. Um, thought Westmead played very well and, and took some great scores um, but is it an area we can improve on you can always improve in your defending yeah. you said that, that was enough to get over the line today do you need to up it much for a Leinster final we don't know who it will be against yet but. yeah well do I think that performance will win us Leinster final I doubt it um, but on each occasion you know whether we won whatever it was we won by on any given day if you're not looking to improve the whole time it's, it's irrelevant so so it was a performance that got us over the line. We kicked some good scores, but I'd still be expecting improvement in, in all areas for the next day. How, yeah. Sorry, thank you. I was just going to add, Ryan Houlihan got injured late on against Loud. The last mm. end didn't feature in the 26. Is he, how is he, or does he have a chance for two weeks' time? I'd say we'll have a look at him over the next couple of days and see see how he's going. And, um, you know, we can't be playing fellas who aren't 100%. And if he's 100%, he'll be playing. If it's not, that's why we try to... Build up a panel. Was that because of the hamstring injury he had? Came off with a slight knock there against, against Loud, yeah. Any other injuries after today, Glenn? I don't know of at the moment, no. you tell me not. How are one day? What way is he? Oh, he's making good progress. Making progress. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is there much to work on now in two weeks' time? It'll be a different atmosphere out there in Leinster final. Oh, well, I, just, I, I don't know. I think, I, I'm sure the players couldn't tell you what kind of atmosphere was out there. Um, it was an intense atmosphere. Um, Will it be different? Absolutely, but I think all players on both sides, whoever's going to be in it, will be just focusing on what's going on in the pitch and everything else around them will be irrelevant, I'd say. Is there much to work on, do you think, in the next weeks? Um, yeah, but all, there was plenty of stuff to work on the last day against Loud. Um, plenty of stuff today, so we, I don't think there's ever going to be a perfect game, so you're always going to be looking to improve on things. And, you know, we have to applaud the stuff we did well. Um, and try and make it better again. And the stuff that we didn't do as well, we'll try and get it up to a standard that we, we expect. It's the first time that the county's ever qualified for lesser finals at senior under 21 or, or 20 as it is, and minor in the same year. So is that usually positive for the county? And seeing that the young players involved in the Northern Ireland final yesterday, does that give the, kind of the senior team a bit of a boost as well, that the whole thing is going very well at the moment? Um, it's hugely important that everybody who's invested in Kildare football um, realise the, the impact and the, the influence they can have on it whether that's under 14 development squads through to minors under 20s ultimately all those coaches and, and managers who are over those teams um, their ambition should be and is to get fellas graduating to play for Kildare um, in a, an attitude and a, a, a manner in which we're all happy with um, a lot of work being put in on the, the football side and there's a huge amount of work being put in on, on fellas who really want to play for Kildare and, and want to improve and want to, to put a good image on, on that white jersey and that's, that's important and if those things lead to Leinster finals well it's 
a bonus. Desi Farrell, Dublin manager, is with me now. Desi, a big win for your team. Was that first half performance possibly the best Dublin performance since 2020? Um, it's, it's, it's hard to assess. I'd need to review it again, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, it was very pleasing. And um, as I mentioned earlier uh, to some of your colleagues, um, anytime you win the Leinster semi-final against a proud county like Mead in, in the fashion that we have, you'd ha- you have to be pleased with that. But a, a massive step up and challenge uh, for us the next day. What's been the big difference from what you've seen maybe in training since the league bringing things into the championship because uh, you've looked better in the, the championship to say the least yeah we, we have but it's early days you know and uh, I think what we've been going after is just a level of consistency um, we were uh, pretty appalling for uh, some of those National League games uh, played well and some others but we weren't able to string it together when it mattered most so um, um, that that's obviously been a, a, a source of frustration for us and uh, we've we've reviewed what was going on for us at that point in time and uh, we've moved forward now it's done and dusted and we look forward to the championship and it's a game, game by game for us I know it sounds terribly cliched but it has to be uh, because the, the bad stuff is so recent uh, we, we have to be very vigilant around the performances and, and what we're doing So that league campaign is still a bit of a motivating factor? Uh, well, you know, it's it's not something we hark back to, but it's it's um, it's 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 there. It's it's in the back of our heads, uh, without a doubt. And uh, you know, it's a timely reminder that when we're off it, we can be quite poor and very very mediocre. And uh, and at this stage of the competition, uh, you need to be on it every day. There's obviously been some questions about how did the next generation replicate what the, the great six in a row team have done. One of the new names we've seen over the last couple of years has been Lorcan O'Dell. He was really one of the more impressive newer names today, wasn't he? Yeah, we, we had a lot of uh, new players involved in the squad today um, who most definitely wouldn't be household names. And, uh, you know, that, that's part of the process for us, of course, is uh, the integration of, of some of some of those new players. Um, a, a lot of great and experienced players have moved on and it's great to get new players some game time and even having them in around match days is really important uh, for us for the future of Dublin football. What are the A versus B games like in training? Um, you know, they're uh, they're competitive. Um, it's uh, maybe not as competitive as, as previous years, um, but you know, this is about exposing some of those younger players and and giving them the experience and the the benefit of the insight and the wisdom of some of the senior players who are around the group. And, uh, and there's a lot of teaching going on, a lot of learning going on, and it's great to see that type of environment. Newbridge, I guess, Kildare laid down a bit of a marker earlier on this year, so bringing them back here for the, the Leinster final should be a, a pretty tantalising prospect. Yeah, look, at it, it'll be a great occasion. Uh, there's a lot of high expectations um, in, in relation to Kildare football, great passion, great spirit, great energy about the team um, they're, they're playing a lovely brand of football sort of legends of the game at the helm as well um, to the delight of every Kildare supporter I presume um, you know they, they put us in our box in Newbridge uh, they were very comfortable that day very potent up front really solid in defence and very athletic all over the pitch so it's um, it's a massive challenge for us and one that we definitely need to be ready for Thanks Desi best of luck the next day Thank you Andy McEntee, meet managers with us. Uh, Andy, what's that dressing room like at full time? Oh, look, as you can imagine, it's 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 a it's a pretty quiet place, and uh, sport can be pretty cruel at times, and, and and not not very forgiving, and and that's that's what that was today. It wasn't very forgiving. Given the manner of the defeat last year, it felt like you were getting closer to Dublin. Does that increase the disappointment this time round that the gap's back to what it was maybe a couple of years ago, or so it looks? 
certainly looks that way. Yeah, yeah, that's disappointing. Yeah, sure. Uh, it, it, uh, yeah. Look at, I mean, there's no hiding from it. The scoreline is the scoreline, and and that's uh, that's uh, that's we can't, as I say, we can't hide from that. Is there any solace at all from that second half? Very little, very little. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be putting too much into it. I mean, are Dublin going to keep going at the same pace that they were when they were 15 points up? Probably not. Yeah. What was the main thing that went wrong in the first half? Uh, there was a lack, of, there was a lack of intensity. There was a lack of pressure, and they, they were getting their kickouts away too easily. And then their second ball out was was coming out way too easily. And uh, the the scores, the the scores that they were getting were seemed to be unopposed. I mean, there seemed to be a lack of a lack of. Uh, they lack of contact, a lack of physicality, and uh, it just looked all too easy for them. How does that happen? Is it? I presume it's a very, very hard thing to put your finger on when when that sort of thing is happening. Yeah, I mean, how does it happen? I, I don't know. You mean you don't have to be you don't have to be far off to you know a team like Dublin. You don't have to be far off before you know and uh, you get you get punished and before you know it, like they were eight eight ten points ahead, and then I suppose the penalty before half time was 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 curtains really altogether. What happened with the second red card because it was right in front of you? Well, Jordan Morris, obviously, it was, it was, it, there, was, there was no need for what he did, but, I mean, he slapped the fellow on the chest and uh, he, he goes down like he's uh, mortally wounded and uh, our man gets sent off, which is a bit disappointing. It, was, it wasn't a red card offence, was it? Certainly it didn't look like a red card offence to me. I mean, uh, how many guys got slapped on the chest throughout the course of the game? And you felt Gannon made the most of it? For sure. <laughs> when it comes to assessing what happens next, have you thought about this? How, what happens next after this season and, and how you take this group to the next level again? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. That's not something we had talked about or not something I had thought about. So, I mean, that's for another day. Mm. Best of luck with that other day, Andy. Thanks yeah, a million. Thanks. Billy Joe Padden, 3-12 to 17 points to Derry in the end here in the Athletic Grounds. An historic win really for Derry and we could see the scenes here on the pitch afterwards and really what it meant. It means a whole lot to the Derry supporters. They're lingering here on the pitch, enjoying every minute of it. The weather is beautiful as well, so they're, I suppose, having a great time reminiscing maybe about great Derry wins of the past. But this one goes right up there with all those important wins where they were going on to win Ulster and an All-Ireland title before. I think it's even more impressive that they back up a big performance against Tyrone and are able to come in here when they're not really, no, not so much an underdog or definitely not a, a surprise package. And they back it up with maybe an even better performance. And that's hugely impressive. And that's something I know that their supporters are very proud of. And Monaghan supporters, having talked to them after the game, can have no complaints. Uh, Derry were the better team throughout. Um, and it's just hugely impressive and it should give them a lot of confidence. And I think it'll it'll waken up a lot of the GEA public to say, well, you know what, Derry are a serious team. You kind of saw them in the National League doing some good things in Division 2 and you always knew they're improving. You maybe didn't think they were going to improve this quickly, but on the evidence of today and a couple of weeks ago, um, they're a force to be reckoned with. And in that first half, they really came flying out of the blocks. You know, almost Monaghan didn't expect it. And they, I think it was 13 minutes before they really got on the scoreboard. You know, Derry were just too tough to, to really get by at that point. Yeah, I think it was the intensity that they played with uh, in that period. They were 
really intense. They got loads of bodies back and then created some great turnovers. Completely frustrated Monaghan. Monaghan, you know, there's a lot of talk about their talented forward line. There's no doubt it is talented in Mohan and um, McManus and McCarran. But like, they just didn't give them any space. Bottled them up at every every time. And the thing that uh, really impressed me about the Derry performance then in that first half was the counter-attack because it was absolutely clinical. Whether it was McKinless driving down the field, turning inside um, Darren Hughes and blasting through from it. The second goal, another great counter-attack, totally different uh, type of goal. Long ball played in top. And I, I think it was, it, it finds its way to Benny Hearn and a real composed finished you know he did an open goal easy one but that was the most impressive thing about it in that the way they they broke out of that defensive shell and and scored and and that's hugely important when you consider uh, if you're a team that get wants to get bodies back and at times they'd full 15 players back inside their own 45 and they frustrated Monaghan but if you can't a- attack and score out of that position it's, it's nearly useless to you because all you're doing is drawing pressure upon yourself they had some severe difficulties in both halves in terms of on their own kick out Monaghan won an awful lot of possession um, but it was just their ability to get everyone back such hard work work rate to get everyone back and then tackle and they showed pretty good discipline alright they gave away uh, a lot of frees but they didn't give away the goal chance that's the key thing and every time they had an opportunity they seemed to take it yes they had a few wides but not near as many as Monaghan and I think that was the difference yeah, and I didn't mention McGuigan as well, particularly in that first half. Like He was absolutely clinical, got a mark, a couple of points from play, kicked his freeze. I think it was even more evident in the second half when you look at Paul Cassidy got two excellent scores. Uh, you know, they, I think they scored 1-5 in the second half. It, if they had six chances, that was probably it, or six counterattacks. They created that. Maybe I think they had another, goal, another chance they could have got a goal, but they were absolutely clinical in, in each attack. And, you know, Emmett Bradley comes on and runs practically half the length of the field and kicks the first point of the second half. So even though they were under severe pressure from Monaghan, Monaghan being really frantic, being really intense in that second half, not really showing the know-how in terms of creating those scoring chances, the impressive thing was Derry's ability, when they got the counterattack and chance, to actually make it count. And, you know, it was, as I said, Casty with those scores, Emmett Bradley, and then the, the key goal as well. Again, Binny Hearn shows brilliant composure, you, lovely use of his hand to bounce the ball back away from the pressure. And it got a bit of deflection, but it's found its way to the top corner. Great goal. And that game plan you're talking about from Derry, you know, you need the fitness levels. And I was a bit worried coming into that second half, will they be able to keep this up now? And they, they absolutely were, you know, because it's not easy to go straight from defence to attack and to be clinical as well. Yeah, and I think it was a lot of those power plays that they, they knew they'd be under pressure, but they knew that when they'd get the breakout, that they, they had to make a count, and it had to be. And I remember saying to you at one stage, Joel, that's a, a set-piece move from a kick-out when they're under pressure, where Conor McCluskey, you know, they find him in open space on the right wing, and he drives up the field. And it was a great save from Rory Began. It could end up in the back of the net, but he was fouled just before that. And it's a free, and McGuigan kicks it over the bar. That count, that was a counter-attack that came all the way from their goalkeeper, and they made it absolutely count. It could have been three points, but they got at least one out of it. And that's, that's hugely impressive, hugely impressive. And McKinless, you mentioned him there. He was really impressive throughout the whole game. The first half goal was his, and I asked him just there, talk me through it. And he said, you know, we worked on that in training. It was very much straight from the training pitch to, to the pitch here today. Well, he's shown that dynamic ability in the game against Tyrone as well. And, you know, we're, it looks like we're going to see a lot more of it. He's a very talented player. Um, but even, even aside from that, in the second half, there was a couple of times late in the second half where he might have drove 30 yards out of his own half and I think at one of them he gave away a free but it takes valuable seconds off the clock and just shows that he has that ability to break out of defence and you think a modern Gaelic footballer how valuable is it to have a half back that has that killer pace that killer ball carrying ability to drive it out of, out of his own half and he has that so I think he's one of the most exciting players in this year's championship so far so I'm looking forward to seeing him in an Ulster final 
Yeah, that's what he said. He said, you know, I started full back and now I'm centre half back. Who knows where I'll be? But he said, look, I'm just delighted to be out there and doing everything he can for the team. And it's that ability that he has to, to break out of defence. And it's all, you know, Rory Gallagher has to do get credit in that if you're a defensive team as I said you have to be a good counter-attacking team so he's obviously given McKinless you know McCluskey for even from cornerback that licensed when you break don't be afraid to go all the way and he did and he no no stopping kept going all the way till he found himself in the penalty spot and he, he rifled it home and McCluskey the same way a shot on goal from cornerback position so that's about knowing how to counter-attack properly and that no hesitation absolutely no hesitation in anything Derry did today and that to me shows a team that's absolutely clear in their thinking have a clear idea of what they want to do and a well coached team a lot of confidence and well coached Roy Gallagher we watched him here on the sideline <laughs> you're laughing he was animated he's always animated it's nothing new but it's just so entertaining to watch isn't it it's just pure passion it is you know I thought Jurgen Klopp was famous for the fist pumps uh, at the end of games but at one stage there were 10 minutes to go Rory was turning to, Cl- to the to the Derry supporters behind him fist pumping and you know I, it was great to see I loved it and I, I don't think I don't think there's any sort of thing where it's rubbing any supporters up the wrong way it's just him showing how into the game he is and he's totally into it I was kind of watching thinking crikey how is he so uh, passionate and, and intense about it yet has to keep a cool head to make the right decisions at the right time but so far it's working out for him so he's obviously able to compartmentalise those two things and I asked uh, a few of the players there Chrissy McKay what the difference is over the last number of years you know he's been around a long time in the Derry shirt and he's finally getting these big wins and he said two words the management you know everybody's buying into to what they're saying you can see it out on the pitch they're definitely buying into what they're saying they're very clear on what the game plan is and what they want to do that's clearly obvious. In when you get buy-in from the likes of Chrissy McCaig, who's you know great club footballer, a long time with Derry, then you have Brendan Rodgers as well. Both of them were outstanding today. You know, really helped and snuff out that talented Monaghan full forward line. And that's I think that's 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 a really good uh, example of how Rory Gallagher can communicate. Because sometimes you don't always get those older players on board. You know, it's easy sometimes to get an impressionable young player and get them in and to do all the things you want to do. But he's obviously got not only a game plan, a way of preparation that they're all buying into, they're all happy with. Um, because they're all, they all are doing the right things. They're so coordinated in what they're doing. And that's from the experienced players to the young players. And that's, again, to Rory Gallagher's credit. And now to turn our attention a little bit to Monaghan, where do you think it went wrong? I, I think it was wrong with the overall strategy. I, I think today against a team like Derry who were always likely to be cagey early on always likely to get a lot of bodies behind the ball I think it's very difficult to play three inside forwards in a game like that I think you have to be a bit more um, patient I think you probably have to leave an extra body back they did get caught out there on some of those counter-attacks if they had played if they'd sacrificed one of those players on the full forward line and played around the middle would they have been as vulnerable to the counter-attack probably not Might have, wouldn't have found themselves in as much one-on-one defending as they did because Derry were very good in the one-on-one situation situations and I know I mentioned the goals but those other one-on-one situations where points were scored um, so you know you, you think of like McGuigan got a couple of those in the first half so I, I think if they were to do it differently again I think they'd be more ready for a, a cagier opening to the game maybe saved one of those full forwards for as a substitute to come on and try and create an impact play an extra body in the midfield particularly when they were playing up the hill here in that led ground maybe with a, a slight breeze into, into a slight breeze I think they would have just been more cautious, tried to ensure they didn't concede the goals, maybe go in, go in at half time a bit closer, not chasing the game. 
and they had a lot of ball. They just couldn't really break down that Derry defence, and that was really the problem. They sort of were relying on freeze a lot of the time to keep them in the game. They were, and we, we were laughing in the in the press box because at one stage, you know, all thirty players were inside the, der- the Derry forty-five. It happened a couple of times, and I was giggling away to myself. Like Rory Began had pushed himself that far, far forward that he was inside the opposition forty-five. It's very hard to create any scoring chance in that situation. It's nearly the only way you can score is by an outside shot. And unfortunately, some of their outside shots didn't didn't work. You know, I remember Niall Kearns having one he probably should have got. Carl uh, uh, O'Connell came off the bench, made an impact driving forward, but again missed probably some of those outside shots. You really needed those when you're chasing a game against a blanket defence. If you're going to peg them back, you need to be nailing those. Even though they're 45 yards out, but the ones in front of the goals, you have to hit them. And Monaghan just didn't get them. They're probably never going to create that goal scoring chance with Derry with the lead, with all those bodies they had back in front of their own goal. And Derry go on now to the Ulster final against Donegal. It's a massive game for them. We've seen them last year. Knockout football. It was 15 points to 16. And that day, you know, they really left it behind them. You know, it was theirs for the taking. So they'll be hoping to get one over them. I think so. And I think Derry have shown, you know, marked improvement. Um, and whether you know it's about again producing and, and putting another performance and this will be the, the third time they'll be looking to do that uh, Donegal will have a lot of, on, on tape of, of what they've done and what they do well Donegal are a team that are very patient and will have no problem just sitting back there if it is a kind of a cagey opening period where both teams get practically, on, practically everyone back Donegal are well suited to play that game great long range free shaker in, in Michael Murphy um, a goalkeeper in Patton who can play that long kick out as well and Derry Warren under pressure uh, on their kick out throughout today so I think it'll be a bit more difficult for Derry against Donegal but I see it as a 50-50 game it's a great opportunity for them to, to win an Ulster title um, and, and again I see it as a 50-50 game and I'm looking forward to it You're not going to give me a prediction? Uh, if, I, if I'm going to go on it here now I'm, I'm going, I haven't been that impressed with what Donegal have done so far like Cavan, Cavan you know the goals killed Cavan in, in that game so you know why not Derry yeah, I think the Donegal, they, they might uh, not be able to handle the defence that, that Derry have. The way they tackle, the intensity, you know, they're dogged in the way they do it. And I think that might show up a small bit in, in the Donegal game. It will, it will. I suppose Donegal are reliant on some great counter-attackers themselves and own Van Gallagher and, and Ryan McHugh. And I'm sure Rory Gallagher, he knows those those players so well and if you think he's pumped up on the sideline here against uh, against Monaghan uh, with his history in Donegal he'll, he'll be pumped up on, on the sideline as well and he'll have a plan in place for those players he knows them inside out um, so you could see some you know key matchups there that he'll prepare for um, but again I think on the Donegal on the other hand will know the importance of McKinless and McGuigan to, to Derry particularly in that first half so they'll have a plan in place for those two players um, so I think it'll be a real tactical battle and uh, in each of those tactical battles so far Rory Gallagher's come out on top so uh, I think advantage to Rory And overall have you been enjoying the championship so far? I have, yeah. Um, I think the Ulster Championship always it throws up some surprises. Um, I think sometimes when you look at the Hurland Championship, when they play so many games against each other, I, 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 I get a bit envious. And I wish that we were playing more often. And it's, it's a real frustration when a team gets knocked out and they don't play a qualifier game for five or six weeks. So I think I would like to see teams play a couple of games every two weeks. I'm sure the players would like that as well. But uh, we've had some good Ulster Championship games and hopefully we'll get a good final as well. Rory, what a massive moment this is for Derry. Can you sum it up? Uh, just naturally delighted to be through the, the Ulster final, but just delighted to be in an environment like today, competing with a brilliant team, you know, and a very well-coached team and a team that are very hungry like ourselves. And just delighted for these players that they're part of it. And I'm just delighted to be part of it with them. We're standing here on the pitch in the athletic grounds. You have a queue of people looking for photos. You have your kids around you. It's just a really special moment. 
ah, listen, that's why we get involved in football, you know, and I just love the Ulster Championship, we all do, you know, and I just wanted these boys to experience it, and it's great that the, that the County of Derry is now experiencing it, you know, I'm just very fortunate to, to, be, to be offered the part, uh, opportunity to be part of it, and just delighted for the players now and their families and everybody. And you had a big win against Tyrone. It was about backing it up here today. People were still asking questions of you. Could you do it? And you have done it. Ah, uh, yeah. Listen, it's natural to ask questions. We'd have a good bit, bit of inner confidence because we have worked really hard and we have worked really smart. And we know we're a good side. But we've got to park it now this evening, tomorrow morning, and move on. And what is the difference over the last number of years? What, what has been the difference? Is it the players that have come in? Is it buying into what you're saying? Yeah, I think we took a bit of time to find players that are committed to playing for Derry in the right way committed to what to do on the field and what to do off the field and that doesn't take away any enjoyment of it when every night we arrive it has to be fun and enjoyable it's not easy at times so it's not but we're there now and I'm just delighted with the bunch of players we have in our dressing room and there's some great young fellas on the way through but the big thing is now to enjoy the next two weeks and make sure we work hard and you go on to play Donegal in the Ulster final I was there last year 15 points to 16 points it could have been yours for the taking could have been ours but look this will be a different environment Clonus will be absolutely thronged and Donegal have phenomenal support and they're used to it. We got, you know, there was nobody at the game last year, but it was devastating. But look, good luck to Donegal. They're a brilliant team. They've done an awful right, lot right over the last number of years, and we'll just get ready for battle. And you on the sideline, you're very entertaining. Is it tough to watch at times? Ah, yeah, listen, it's not really. It's football. You might think that. You might think it. It just means an awful lot to us. And you know, I like to coach from the sideline. I like to make sure the players are very clear what's expected. They are clear, but we just have to follow through. And a few times there, you're letting the Derry crowd know to, to lift it, get behind them, and they definitely done that. Ah, oh, they did. Like the support, you know, over the last you know number of weeks and months, you know, going into we let them down and no one begs. It's been brilliant. I'm just I'm really delighted for all of Derry, you know. But particularly for the players' families, you know, they're the ones that helped them get to training, whether they're married, whether they're girlfriends, whether they're mums or dads. It was the vast majority of them, and they all play a huge role in them. It's an experience for all the people that love football to enjoy. And how does it sum up from a player to a manager? Ah, it's it's different. Uh, when I was playing, I didn't get enough opportunities to, you know, I didn't play enough at this level, and it's something I've always aspired to. You know, I'm part of a managing team. I'm just delighted to be part of a group with Chrissy McCaig and Kieran Mina and Adam Muldoon and you know Niall Toner and all those boys now and enjoy it. And these are future players all around you here at the minute. Well, I hope so. <laughs> you know? Roy, thank no bad. Cheers. Well Gareth, <laughs> you're getting some slagging behind you. <laughs> How would you sum up that performance? Um, ah, look, it was unbelievable. It was mighty. Um, we had a good first half, and then maybe sort of went through a wee bit in the second half. We invited the boys or on and us a bit, but uh, thank God we pulled through in the end. So. And I was just speaking with Chrissy McKay there. I was asking him the difference over the last number of years in this dairy team, and he said two words: the management. That's really the difference here. Is that what it's like for you? Oh, unbelievable! Yeah, and uh, he, he can't he can't say any different. Uh, the management have uh, just put the belief of and commitment we have shown to him, and the commitment he has shown to us, and it uh, it shows out on, on a Sunday. You know what I mean? So luck, it's it's fantastic. There's we've put in on and off the pitch. Um, Sometimes there's people complaining about how many things it's in and things like that, but uh, <laughs> look, it's, it's worth it for days, I guess. So. And you yourself, you had a brilliant performance. That that first goal, tell me about it. Um, ah, well, we sort of we sort of uh, picked it out in the videos that we maybe would get man marked and that there would be a bit more space in behind. So um, I slipped down Hughes, and after that, I just kicked it. I think. And so, brilliant. Yeah. Uh, so it was pretty much planned. You know, you uh, had worked on knew, that. We knew that we knew that they were going to maybe man mark and that there would be space and gaps in behind. So I just timed it on well, and thankfully. It, 
the bite iron and just stuck on the net. So and you're hard. very much a playmaker, creating the scores, but taking the scores as well. Do you enjoy that role? Yeah, oh, definitely. Look, I, <laughs> you started off at full back and then centre half back. I'm just moving <laughs> slowly up the pitch, but uh, now look, it's it's anything for the team. Look, these boys, we put massive work in. So look, it's everybody, it's a team game, and without them, we wouldn't be here. So. And it was tough out there. You probably dominated a bit in the first half and they really came back into it in the second half. But you never let them get in within three points or so. And, you know, that was crucial. Uh, that was key. You know, I kept looking at the scoreboard thinking just if it was coming back to three and then we'd, we'd get the score in four. Um, we, we had a bad goal chance. Um, I had one maybe. Darren Hughes made a great tackle on me. Um, and uh, Conor McCluskey, if he, if he had put that one away, you know, it would have probably eased us a wee bit. But, uh, no, look, it's, it's, it's a great win. It's hard fought, you know, and it's mm-hmm. good to get over the other side. So. I'm sure it's great to have these days out on the pitch here at the Athletic Grounds. All the Derry fans are out. They haven't got many of these days, so it's nice for them. Definitely not. We're not used to this now. So these photographs and, and signing. So, <laughs> you, uh, so now look, it's it's brilliant. That's what you play football for. And these these young girls and boys look dreaming probably to be here at one stage. So look, now it's, it's fantastic for everybody. So. An Ulster final now, what you probably had been looking towards, Donegal, you were lost by one point last year in knockout football, they'll be hoping to get a good crack at them now? Oh definitely, look, uh, they, they've been going well too and uh, we, had a, we had a great battle with them last year and unluckily just to lose out and, and, uh, and they end up, they, they just probably deserved it over the, the space of 70 minutes or whatever but look, it's going to be it's going to be a ding-dong battle and it's, look, hopefully we can, we can squeeze inches and, and get out on top so... Probably did hate Mayo, and we thought it was hate at the time because these guys are trying to take away our dreams. The Football Pod live Thursday, June 2nd in Castlebar. Check out otbsports.com forward slash events and get your tickets now.